Welcome to episode 66 of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, guys, so welcome along to episode 65. It's kind of a funny 65, to be honest, because I haven't added on the rope interview specials, but episode 65 of Iron Man Talk with Coach Daddy John Newsom and Bevan James Owens. How you going, mate? I'm good. I'm very good back here in Christchurch. It's a sunny day, so you'll be coming back into the sun. Is it pretty sunny as well? I'm in LA at the moment, and I have to say it's 32 degrees. How's the temperature over there? Not too bad today. It has been a bit chilly, though. We've had a few negative days. so but Negative days? It's all good. Yeah, negative temperatures. So the tan I'll be working on is going to disappear. <laughs> um, anyway, Iron Man Talk is brought to you by... Coffees of Hawaii, coffeesofhawaii.com, and also athlinks.com. Beautiful. So in this week's show, we've got uh, race results. We had quite a few races because we missed the weekend before last because I was overseas. Uh, we've got the rope results. We've got Ironman Quarter Lane... Well, we've got lots of results. We've got some a couple other quick things in the news. We've got hot topic of the week. We've got an age group of the week for someone from Rote. Um, what else have we got on here? We've got website of the week, and we've got a high five. The high five is what is it, John? High five on how to get your bosses involved in work, and it was kindly um, topic was given to me by Robert Ritchie, so he's uh, integrated some pretty good points. So we're going to bring those up. Nice. Uh, we've got a website of the week, and then we have an interview now. Uh, we have an interview with Nico Janos, uh, the guy who came fifth in Hawaii last year, got second in Rote, and he won Lanzarote a few weeks before Rote. So uh, he had a pretty good effort there by backing it up pretty closely. But anyway, we'll talk about that later. Iron Man Talks, news section. So what happened in the news, John? Well, do you want to tell us about Rote first? Okay, so what I'm, happened in Rote? What happened in Rote? I'll tell you from the event's perspective, and then I'll tell you from my perspective. Um, the event, mate, it's absolutely amazing. Um, Right from, there's a couple of interesting things. You turn up and no one's there. That's, that's what's really weird because, like, until, like, even the sad day, the day before the race, um, in road, it's just really quiet and you don't really even know there's an event on. And then on Saturday, um, they they have the festival or the expo and they have, the, what they would do with the expo, they've got the expo area, but then they have lots of bars and so everyone's, it's quite social. Everyone sits outside and catches up. So that was really cool. And then race day, just everything about the event is just so well organised. Everything's done to make the athlete have a good experience. But not just the athlete, the the athlete, the supporters and the community. Um, just everything about it was just... I just don't have a bad thing to say about it. The only thing I thought I could really pick up on was that they don't have a clock after the swim and the bike. Um, but I talked to Felix about that and he was just saying because they have split starts, they can't really do it that way. Um, but other right. than that, um, going up the Solarberg was an experience I'll never forget in my life it was just you, we hear about this you know you see the photos and you hear about it and I remember I was riding with um, Armando uh, Joe Lawn's husband he was in, in kind of pack line that we were with and uh, he came up to me and said make sure you control yourself going up the Solarberg and I was like oh yeah whatever mate and uh, went around the corner and just saw the mass of people heard the noise and I was just gone like, boom <laughs> I was out of there. <laughs> there, there was no holding back I got to the top and I must have been max heart rate I was <laughs> and I caught I dropped the pack and caught the pack in front of me and uh, definitely remember that the ride's really interesting I had a shit swim um, it's, it's dirty water and I just for the life of me I just couldn't find some toes to sit on I'd find some toes and then I just lose defeat straight away I probably spent 50% of the ride 
I mean, of the swim, just swim by myself. So I knew I was having a bad swim, so I was just thinking to myself, just get it over and done with and see what happens. Um, got on a bike. The ride's interesting and wrote. It's a fast ride, but it's not an easy ride. Um, so the first lap, I took it really easy. And in the first lap, like I looked at my watch at stages and it was under 130 in my heart rate. So I was taking it easy, but I was sitting at a pace that I felt was the pace I needed to do. Um, but it's quite hilly. There's a lot of up and down. Uh, so I suppose with the downs it makes it fast, but the ups are fairly decent. Uh, we had a, we had a pretty strong wind. Um, they normally say that you have the wind behind you, and we had the opposite. We had the wind in front of us coming back. But on the second lap, I got a little bit tired, which was a bit of a bugger, and uh, yeah, so I was a bit frustrated by that because I'd taken the first lap really easily. I was riding behind a woman who won it. Um, yeah, man, she was riding like a gun. Um, yeah. Oh man, yeah, she dropped me on the bike. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was second lap. Um, doing a bit of pace work, pace line work behind her, and I thought, well, maybe I'll go do a bit of work up front there. And um, she just took off in front of me again. I was like, bugger this, she's too strong. And then she yeah. ran a sub three. So um, yeah. we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But um, So she was pretty strong. Then got off the bike, and I knew I had to do – my watch had stuffed up, so I knew I had to do around three hours. I thought maybe I could do a 3.02, but I thought if I aim for the three, I know I've got the nine. I took off on the run. Uh, in the in my race report that's on athletics.com, I talk about how I finally found the cramp kind of formula that seems to work for me. I used none, which we haven't really talked about on the show, but we're going to do a review on that soon. Um, none, I used. I took two tablets on the bike every hour. I used the sea salts by the people who do the salt sticks. Uh, I took two of those an hour. And I used quinine sulfate. I took one pill before I went to sleep the night before, and then I took a pill in the run a bike run transition so I got off the bike and I wasn't affected by cramp at all in the run and that was quite liberating because I was able to actually run in my normal technique whereas in New Zealand when I ran I had to because I was cramping I had to change my whole technique and so uh, so I was feeling really great and uh, I basically determined that if I sit on 415k's uh, you know for pretty much the first 30k's then once I get to around 30 lift up the intensity and still try to be able to maintain that pace I should be able to do the sub 3 and uh I just I, I felt great. I was feeling really good. Feeling got it to about 15 k's or halfway no about halfway through the run. I was under 130 and um, I was just thinking to myself, it's my day. I'm going to do it. And then I got to about 30 k's and I started to feel a little more tired. So I just thought, okay, now's the time I pick up the intensity. Picked up the intensity and um, yeah, I, I went to the next k and it took me 4:45 to get there. And I hadn't felt I'd gone slower, but obviously I had and so I was thinking shit I need to pick it up again so I picked it up again got to the next one and it was like a 5.15 and I just knew I was going downhill pretty quick and uh, from there I was just I I got to 50 minutes to go and I had 10k I kind of figured out about 10k so I thought well you know give it one chance you know you've got to give it a shot so I worked as hard as I could lasted about five got to the next k and I was well behind and from there I just basically didn't want to walk so it was a bit of a heartbreaker to be honest Broke, ah, broke my heart. Broke your heart. Broke my heart. Oh, well. But it was. You can do a debrief on that when you get back. But why, why do you think it is such a fast course for the likes of Macca and obviously the girls? How, how do you think, you know, they, they obviously bike really fast, but you're saying it is reasonably hilly? Yeah, um, I think I think a couple of things. I think, A, Macca had Thomas working with him. I think Thomas, from what Macca was saying after the race, Thomas just, just smacked the crap out of himself on the bike. And um, so I think you definitely need someone working with you. But I think the surfaces do make a difference. Um, you know, it's a smooth surface. You know, you're sitting on 36, 37 quite comfortably. You know, as I was saying on my first lap, I was on 130 and sitting on 36, 37. And so, you know, I wasn't working that hard. But the hills definitely 
just make it seem harder because you've got so many of them. I think the downhills are quite long, so you get some quite nice long hills which make it faster. But I think that's where you get your speed, but because of the hills, it's not an easy ride, if you get what I mean. Right, yeah, yeah. And the run's quite fast as well because you're on gravel. Um, It's a little tedious to run because you kind of run along a canal for a lot of it, but... um, yeah, no, the run, the run, the run's a beautiful run, and uh, and there's lots of kind of crowd throughout the run, so they have about three sections with this big crowd participation, so it kind of pushes you through it, and uh, and I think Mac is just a legend, mate. At the end of the day, you see him in the race, um, you should see him run. He just doesn't hold back, and I saw him with, with about five k to go, and uh, I kind of got to know Mac over the week, so I said, "Go, Mac!" And and you know he's just making a crap out, and he goes, <laughs> you know, it was, it was, he was just going for it. And I think he was saying um, after the race, he was saying, "Well, five k to go, he pretty much just blew up, and he just so hold on to the end." But I think if he can get another couple of guys there um, to kind of help, because I think he worked really hard on the bike and the run. If he could get another couple of guys of Thomas's kind of standard on the bike, that record will go. Um, yeah, yeah, he's, he's an unbelievable athlete. And was there much drafting? I mean, there's a lot of people racing there. Do you get yeah, much second drafting? Lap, second lap, definitely. First lap, no. First lap, there wasn't, because you go out, there was the thing that stuffed me up in the swim was that, like, in New Zealand, okay, if I'd lost my packs, there's so many people coming through, but because maybe there's only maybe 60 people starting who are decent swimmers, because they start the pros and the sub-9 guys who had done sub-9 before with, like, all the old, um, older male and female competitors. So yeah. because I lost packs, um, I, there was just no one coming through for me to catch on to. Um, right. So in the first lap, there was, there was no one to draft with. There was, at times, I was riding by myself for long sections. There were some people doing mm-hmm. pace lines, but I didn't feel in the first lap people were drafting. Funny story, I just, yeah. got a, um, dra- I just about got a penalty. I was riding along, and I'm all by myself, and this um, official rides up to me and starts riding out a ticket. I'm like, what are you doing, mate? What are you doing? There's no one here. And uh, I was riding on the wrong side of the road because I'm used to riding. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, wrong side of the road. I go, oh, no, I'm from New Zealand. And uh, he let me off, which was quite nice of him. But uh, <laughs> nice. yeah, so I was happy about that. I would have been angry otherwise because it's eight minutes there. Um, yeah. But so t- t- tell us about the um, the pros. Obviously, we had Macca take it out. Maybe it was just seemed to be a class above everybody else. Yeah, Macca took it out. Thomas, I think, worked extremely hard on the bike, and um, I think he was even thinking of maybe even withdrawing, coming off the bike, but uh, just decided to stick at it and managed to run in at fourth. Um, and Nico Lanos um, had, a, had a really good run basically had a good ride he's a pretty talented athlete Nico he's um, still quite young uh, we have an interview from later on in the show and I think he's definitely one guy to look out for for the future because he's quite new to the sport really um, and he's had quite a bit of success pretty quickly um, I think the big breakthrough race was Peter Jacobs um, he, had a, he ran a 10 minute PB I think it was so, it's got here on the splits. He ran a two forty four. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. I think it may have even been like a twelve minute PB. Um, yeah. He's a really strong swimmer traditionally. Uh, he normally comes out of the water pretty much first. Um, and he had a, his riding's the thing he needs to work on the most. But he had a pretty decent ride. And he said he was feeling like absolute crap on the ride. He said he felt like he wanted to even pull out of the race. And he got yeah. to the end of the ride and he was like, oh, I'll just start the run and see what happens. And he looked really strong in the run. Um, he was just, yeah. yeah, smacking it. And uh, so he ran in really well, ran down third, and then you had Thomas. And I can't really actually recall who came in after that. Uh, Olaf was after that. And yeah, first, he was strong, and yeah. then He was good. Then uh, Make Tweesick, probably got that wrong, was sixth. Yeah. And, uh, and then Luke Dragster was eighth, and not Chris McDonald, who you did an interview with earlier in the week, was ninth. So yeah. 
pretty close racing winner, Chris McCormick, gets 7.54, yeah. 23, and he had a victory by about 12 minutes, 8.06 for Lanos, 8.09 for Pete Jacobs, and 8.10 for Thomas Halregel, so it's pretty it's fast race, racing. I think as a race, the one thing that Felix needs to do to get it on par with Hawaii, because I think potentially... Um, if they really want to challenge, really wants to take it somewhere, is he needs to just offer maybe that bigger press money for prize money. Like if you offered two hundred thousand, because that's the other yeah. thing the race is lacking. Like Mac is a legend, but if, imagine if you got a Hawaii field there. Um, exactly. You know, like that's yeah. the only thing that's holding rope back from. But the thing is, at the same time, maybe he doesn't need it because the race, you know, it's just it's so. I think it's already sold out. Yeah, you know, like just, and if we look down into 32nd place, it was 8.59, so in the, in the, uh, on the yeah. men's side of things, 32 guys went under 9 hours, and there's obviously a couple of girls as well, which we'll talk about now. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you said you rode behind um, the, the girl who won the race, pretty outstanding, you know, I've, I haven't heard a lot about it, about this. Um, wow, it's, it's interesting, this lady there, from there, there is speculation going on on the drug thing with her. Um, she, um, it's a pity that, that this is speculation, I suppose, because she had such an amazing performance, but when you look at their performance, that is one question that does come up. She rode like you wouldn't believe it. Like I'm a pretty strong rider, and I was struggling to, you know, with the legal distance behind her, and uh, yeah. then she actually dropped me. She ran a yeah. sub three, and it's her first ever Ironman. And, and if you look at some of the runs she's done previously, I think someone was saying the best half she runs she's done in, is in the high one twenties, maybe even over one. Right. So yeah, she's either she's had the second best Ironman race ever, um, yeah. time wise, in her first race. So. Um, and yeah, it's it's. I don't want to call it drug cheat, but when you have performances like that nowadays, it's you kind of have to look at. You do look at it that way, don't you? It is. It's a bit of a shame. It always raises that question, you know. Yeah. She she might just be a really talented athlete and been sort of grinding away doing things by herself and well, comes look out for an awesome performance. She's actually quite a not, not not like a fat girl, but she's quite a big girl. Um, right. Like you look at like all the other top pro girls, they're just lean as and and she comes from a bodybuilding background and she. You know, like, oh, that's the thing, I didn't know who she was, and when she passed me, I was thinking, how, it, how the heck's this chick actually keeping up with me? Uh, <laughs> and so, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that's what she'd done, but she had a bloody amazing race, like, to run a sub-three. Yeah, um, yeah. so she, she swam 57 minutes, biked 4.51, yeah. and ran 2.58 uh, for a total time of 8.51. That's, uh, that's outstanding. That's um, where did she finish overall? Probably about 20th or something, was it? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, she she gunned down Joe Lawn. I mean Joe Lawn still ran a PB. She went three or four minutes quicker than last year. She yeah, went eight fifty eight. You know, it's like she had a great race. You know, like normally yeah. they would just dominate anywhere. And uh, so you know, I, I'm hoping this girl hasn't been. Well, one thing that's great about Rot is that Felix tested drugs big time. So um, I'm hoping that it's the case that she's not being. You know, she comes off. You know, not. You know, like there's no proof. I'm I'm probably shouldn't have said what I've said, but it's just when you have a performance that's so dominating and so amazing in your first Ironman that, you know, it does raise the question. Um, and then we had uh, Belinda Granger in third, Erica Cosmore in fourth, and Christine Whites in fifth, um, all going uh, sub-9.30. So pretty just, impressive uh, racing by the girls as well as the guys. Just one thing you asked before about the drafting. On the second lap, there was a lot of drafting because what happens is... Um, you get um, the, the team people start to come in on the second lap, and as you start the second lap, there's big, you know, admittedly, there were times when I was trying my hardest not to draft because, you know, there'd be eight guys around you, and, you know, I definitely saw a lot of people draft, and I was trying my best not to, and uh, eventually, after about 30Ks in the second lap, it kind of evened itself out, but uh, your, your second lap you found there was drafting, and at times it was kind of hard not to. So Yeah, yeah. But, but overall, if, if you're... I recommend anybody who does a sport, 
who wants to have an amazing race like at the end mate the party they have the end free beer they have this fireworks display that's not you know just a few sky rockets it's you know it's a 30 minute display it's a party atmosphere um, everything about it was just I just big thumbs up for me there's two questions I need to ask you. Um, firstly, uh, what is your new rule? This is from Glenn, who was also over there. He said, ask Evan about his new rule. <laughs> oh, that's a dangerous question. I don't know if you want to go there. Okay, and <laughs> secondly... I you want to... good times in row. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and it's also, secondly, how many times did you get asked for your autograph? Oh, you know what was really funny was that... You, this, you watch Mecca. It's, it's amazing. This guy is a total professional. Um, I know that people think he's a bit arrogant at times. The guy just... He loves a challenge, and he backs himself. And I don't, he's not arrogant at all. He's the most nicest guy. You should have seen him, you know, just the whole time he's there, people are coming up to him asking for a signature, and he's just so professional. But anyway, at, at the after party, um, where we have it with the um, supporters of the race, you know, the people who help out, uh, all these kids were asking for his signature, and then they started asking all the pros, and I managed to get in there, so I was so... <laughs> <laughs> so I think I got a few signatures, so I was pretty... Oh, uh, yeah. You're famous. I know, mate. But anyway, um, I'm sure we'll hear more about Roto in the next few weeks. We might as well have a look at the other Ironman races yeah. that have been on so over the last couple of weeks. Out of, out of touch. So Ironman, we'll just go through the results because we have got a lot of races. Ironman Switzerland, um, we had Ronnie Schildnick take it out. A pretty impressive race, came through on the run, swam a 53, biked 4.36 and ran 2.53 to take it out in 8.25. So impressive performance there. Uh, Matthias Hecht was second in 8.32 and Joseph Major was third in 8.40. That was what happened on the uh, the guys' side of things in Switzerland. On the girls' side of things, we had uh, Rebecca Preston who won a number of Ironmans last year. Uh, pretty impressive result. Swim 57, bike 503, ran 3.18, uh, take it out in 9.20 from Sybil Matter in 9.26 and Alison Fitch in third in 9.31. Of note for us uh, Kiwis is Gina Ferguson made a really good improvement. She was up into fourth place, did 9.41, 30-minute uh, improvement. Yeah, 30-minute improvement on uh, Taupo. So really look out for her. She ran a 3.13, which is pretty impressive, and she swam 53. So, um, yeah, she's losing a good 20 to 30 minutes on the bike, and if she can pull that around, you know, she could be a bit of a contender in the years to come. And she's still quite young, isn't she? Gina's, I think, 26, 27. So, yep, she's still got plenty of there, and she's very keen, training full-time, putting it all on the line, so uh, giving it a good crack. And then the same same weekend, we had uh, Ironman Quarter Lane. Uh, a really good battle there between Tom Evans and Victor Zemensev. Um, Victor Zemensev came on through the run, ran a 2.47 to take it out in 8.33. Um, he actually caught up to Tom Evans on the run, and they were running shoulder to shoulder for a while, but he was eight minutes down, I think, coming off the bike. So Tom Evans sort of fought pretty hard, um, but couldn't quite hang on, and he was just a minute behind at the end. And Michael Lovato was third, Jasper Blake in fourth, and old Rhodesy was fifth. Oh, good old Rosie. Um, good old Rosie. Now they don't have uh, a female pro division um, at Coeur d'Alene. Yeah, but let's just have a quick look. Uh, the first female was Kim Young in ten hours twenty-seven minutes. So I no pros it's pretty cool there. How they do that because for Kim, you know, like she's won an Ironman. So you know. exactly, yeah. exactly, uh, and she won that pretty convincingly by about fifteen minutes. And then we had also had the same weekend. We had Ironman France. Um, 
pretty tough course down there. A lot of the time it's the Frenchies sort of battling it out because they, uh, when you go to triathlons in France, they basically pick where they're going to have the swim and then they try to pick every mountain possible within the region and you go over that. So it's a pretty tough course down there and uh, the bike times reflect that. We had uh, Marcel Perez take it out in 8.38, uh, came through the really strong run, 2.48. Uh, one of the old men from France, Gilles Rabul, he's been around for a long, long time. He was leading off the bike, uh, but he couldn't quite hang on in the run. He was second in 8.44, and Patrick Bringer was third in 8.46. On the, uh, the female side of things, we had uh, a pretty good battle there as well with a, a, a lady who's only doing his third or second or third Ironman, uh, Alexandra Loisson was uh, first in 9.49. She came through the 3-hour 10 marathon. Second was Catherine Petzold in 9.53 and third was Tina Trentner in 9.57. So those were all the same uh, weekend as wrote yep. um, and then, and then the weekend just had Germany just uh, overnight, and uh, last year's second place getter, Timo Brank, took it out. Pretty solid race. Yeah, 8.09. Uh, I'm not sure what Brownie did last year, but it wasn't that quick. Um, so pretty impressive performance. 48 minutes swim, 4.29 on the bike, and then 2.47, um, winning from two minutes from Michael Goner and Frank Witzel in third and 8.13. But... But all the times there are pretty, uh, pretty impressive. But it's good to see Lothar Leader sort of getting back in the top ten. He did 8:43 for tenth place. So nice so to see him on the way back. In that race was Ferris not doing so well and Norman pulling out. Yeah, so Ferris was down in sixth place in 8:23, and uh, so that's one of the things a lot, a lot of people criticise Norman Sadler because it either seems like he's completely on fire or he's completely crap. So um, they've only got a swim time registered here for him, which was 50:34. Which is, uh, which is not too bad, you know, it's pretty standard for him. Um, but no bike time, so have you heard any other news about well, that I race? I went on just... Live earlier this morning and um, as the race was happening and it said he pulled out because he had lower back problems. He, he wasn't yeah. doing a good ride anyway from what I could tell. Um, I don't think he'd broken away or, or was doing anything that was dominating. And uh, from what I could tell, he said basically his lower back was hurting right from the start, so he decided to call it a day. And that's one of the criticisms old Mac is um, often directed at how... At, um, at uh, Stadler because he, you know, he, he does do fantastically well in Hawaii, but he, he often doesn't do a lot apart from that. So mm. it'll be interesting to see if he can change that this year. Um, well, he obviously has, has a good stage. question would have been, would you give up Hawaii for what you've done in the past? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Norman or yourself? Yeah, Mac has had a pretty impressive career. Yeah, but the girls' side of things looked very, very impressive. Um, basically came down to almost a sprint finish. Uh, Nicole Leader took it out in 904.11, but uh, Andrea Breddy, I think it was last year's winner, they were running, um, she was leading her, and then they were sort of running side by side, and there was only five seconds in it. Wow. So she did 904.16, so wow. basically a sprint finish. So. Pretty impressive racing there, and Nina Eggert was third in nine hours, 12 minutes. So uh, they did say on Ironman.com uh, that, uh, that that was the closest race that I've ever seen, but there has been one closer than that. Yeah, At one of the Ironman New Zealands, they had a spirit finish between Pauli Kuru and Ken Glar, and that was just incredible. If, if you haven't seen the coverage, we should try and get hold of that, actually, and put it up on YouTube, yeah. because what happens is uh, they're coming into the finishing area, and it's not particularly well marked, and... Uh, and I think it must have been a double lap or something like that. And Pauli Kuru went the wrong way, and he was sort of running through the crowd. And so King Glass looking around and couldn't see him. He's sprinting away, and then Pauli Kuru comes jumping over the barricades and then yeah. sprints him off and, and takes the win by about oh, probably 
Less uh, than half a metre. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's honestly, so was, if you get a chance to see that, it's fantastic, eh? Yeah. So if anybody does have that actually that coverage anywhere, um, we'd love to get a hold of it and we can put it up on YouTube or if somebody can put it up on YouTube, that'd be uh, be fantastic. So lots of Ironman racing over the last um, last couple of weeks and uh, and this week coming up, we've just got... Uh, what have we got? We've got Austria coming up this weekend, and we've also got the World Long Distance Champs, uh, which are in France, and they're either coming up this weekend or the weekend after. So that's going to be an interesting one. They've changed the distances there. It's now a 3K swim, an 80K bike, and a 20K run. Oh, really? um, yeah, so they've, they've changed from the sort of the 101 distance, um, but I believe they might be changing back because there's been such an uproar. My, my concern about this race is it sounds like it's uh, being held at a venue that's similar to Clearwater where they had the 70.3 champs. From my understanding, it's a dead flat bike course and so I just think it's going to be absolute chaos if that, that is the case. Um, I think they'll be breaking it up. Distance champs, do they allow drafting? No, no, no. So the, what they've basically done is changed from the, uh, the 4K swim, 120km bike, 30K run, and this is basically their long distance, which is exactly double an Olympic distance race. So they're kind of almost trying to invent a new distance race. And the good thing is, you know, one thing I do like about it is it's a bit fairer on the swimmers. You know, the swimmer is, a, is slightly more proportionate to the, the bike and the run. You know, going from the standard half Ironman is a 2K swim, 90K bike, 21K run, where you've, this time you're swimming an extra kilometre. So maybe that might break the packs up a little bit more for the bike. Let's hope so. But uh, I'm sure there's probably a few Tri Talk listeners and guys over in the UK yeah, heading over to that race. Hey, um, so, uh, who's, doing, good um, who's doing Austria? Have you looked at that? Have you had a chance? Or? I haven't had a chance. I, I tried to get on the Austria site, but the, uh, I couldn't actually see who was racing there. So I haven't um, been doing you, a very well. Uh, fighting cycling, fighting drugs again. Yeah, well, the Tour de France is also starting this weekend, so looking forward to that. Um, probably the big news that people haven't been following the cycling is that they've tried to come up with some new anti-doping agreements with the riders. Uh, basically, the deal is that riders have to pay, if they have to sign an agreement before the, before they're allowed to ride the tour and uh, or any of the pro tour, and if they uh, fail a drug test, they have to pay a year's salary. Um, to the to the organisation and that goes into a sort of a, a fighting against drugs um, pool. So That's good. it's kind of good they're making it's, it's similar to what we talked about with the, the races in Switzerland where they um, were saying you have to pay 25,000 francs or something like that if you get caught. I don't think it's really addressing the problem. You know, a lot of the pressures are coming from the team managers and from the um, the top riders and the teams because they want their domestiques performing. So there's also a very interesting um, article on Cycling News dot com this morning um, by Jorg Yaks who's uh, just come out and uh, basically said he took all the drugs and, and sort of said how it all worked and he said a lot of the pressure does come from the managers you know you just got to perform and if you um, if you're not performing you're not going to have a job so while I think it's good that they are making some steps here I really think they need to go after the team managers the team doctors and things like that and that's the only way they're going to really eliminate it in cycling. Wow that's pretty amazing isn't it and they're going to actually start in London which is kind of cool. Yeah, so the last time they started in London, I think must have been about 98 or something like that. Uh, it went, it sounded like it went pretty well, but that was also the year when they had the whole Festina drug scandal. Yep. Um, so hopefully London put on a good show. You know, it's important for them with the Olympics coming up that they do show they can organise things well over there. Mm. Um, but yeah, the prologues are always pretty exciting. I've got my Sky Sport all tuned in, ready oh, to watch this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I only turn my Sky Sports on a few times a year, and it's on, ready to watch the tour. So I'm Winter's coming. 
Um, yeah. anyway, so that's pretty much our news for the week. Hot topic of the week or discussion of the week. Well, last few, it's been a few weeks since we've actually gone to this, but a few weeks ago we talked about um, if the WTC were to put on another Ironman in Kona, not a world champs, would you want to go? Now, admittedly, this would take forever to bloody go over all the answers because it's been a couple of weeks and you've got so many good answers. So maybe we'll just pick a couple, John. Yeah, I mean, it was quite—it was a really interesting topic, and we have it because it's been sitting up there a few weeks. A lot of people have um, gone yeah. and replied, but but in general, I think a couple more went up today. But yesterday, I counted up, um, and only five people out of 21 yesterday. There was five that said yes, they would definitely go, and they liked the idea. Yeah. Um, but the overwhelming majority, 16, said no. There's no way they'd go if they want to. Go, if they uh, go to Hawaii, they want to know that they've sort of earned their slot in there. And that they're going there for the right reasons. So, um, so the yeah, two perspectives seem to be the people who said yes generally were saying that, well, I know that qualifying is maybe not the chance for me, but I still want to have an experience of what the pros on that race course get to do. And so, you yeah, know, maybe that's a fair comment. And then the people were saying no, they were kind of saying, what were they coming up with? Well, a lot of people that said no, they, they either want to qualify or they. Two, they just say, oh, if you don't go there, it's not the world champs. You know, it's an expensive race to get to, no matter where in the world. Maybe from the States, it's not so bad, but anywhere else, you know, it is a hard race to get to. It's in the middle of nowhere. So it's expensive to get there. Um, and they didn't really feel it would have the same sort of uh, feeling, the same sort of satisfaction, and they could go anywhere else and just go and do another Ironman, really. It would just be like another Ironman anywhere else. Well, I suppose if you look at the Honu half, they don't get huge numbers there, do they? No. And in terms of my opinion, I think that the WTC have done the right thing by having the Honu half there. It gives the people that want to go and see what it's like in Kona. They want to go there and race. They want to be on the course. They're basically providing that for the people uh, that want to do that. You know, I think the bike goes out to Harvey and you get to go up and down the Queen K and things like that. So you experience most of the course. Um, and, and I think that caters for the, for the people that do want to go to Hawaii and see what it's about. Um, so, so I think WTC, you know, for a change, I'm not going to slag them off. I think they've done the right thing there. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, talking to, say, Glenn, who was over and wrote there with you, he went and did Honu, uh, did, did Honu I think, yep. last year because he, uh, he wanted to go and see what it was all about. And he said he had, had an absolute blast and loved it. So, uh, so I think they've done the right thing. Yeah, I agree. I don't think if, as an athlete I would go to an Ironman in Kona um, it's it's easy for me to say because I've been and done it, but um, I, yeah, I do go with that kind of earned thing. That if kind of kind of the main reason I kind of appeals to me is because you kind of kind of work for it. So, and you've got a discussion for this week. I don't have one actually. Yeah, the one I was talking about. So, yep. um, one thing is we're we're pretty much committed to being triathletes. You know, us guys are. So, I just thought, what are the really great events in the world that don't involve triathlon? Um, I know that for myself, I'd love to do the Boston Marathon. I just think that. Uh, it's one of the real key world events, and uh, I, one day I will do it. Um, and I like how Albert did it this year. And it just, what are the events around the world that non-triathlon that are really great that maybe you would inspire to do yourself outside of triathlon? Mm. You like that one? Coast to coast. coast to coast to coast one day. <laughs> uh, you meant to talk about that next week, mate. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Oh, sorry. I'm ruining the show. <laughs> You're ruining the show. Okay, we're going to do, we'll do Age Group of the Week together. Ready? One, two, three. Age, Age Grouper of the Week. Grouper of the Week. Nice. We've got a bit of a time delay, so that's why that was disastrous. Um, so anyway, I don't actually have the times for this person, but while I was in, one thing that was really cool and wrote was that I got to meet a lot of listeners. Um, really, really cool. And uh, just so many names that I don't really want to name anyone because I just think oh, there's got good names I forget, but there's so many great listeners out there and so much support, people holding up signs for me throughout the race and uh 
I don't know, it just made me feel pretty cool that you guys were there supporting us. But while the one person I did meet was a guy called Stuart Steele, and Stuart Steele is a regular listener, and he's emailed into us a few times. And what he did is, I think his father's name was Ian, he did the Ironman, or did wrote, with his father, and he raced the whole race with his father. Now, I because the wrote website's German, I haven't actually been able to find their times, but... Um, in the paper the next day, this is the reason I'm actually giving it to him, because in the paper the next day, in the little German paper, they had a big write-up, and he had a big picture in the paper. He was like a superstar. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so um, and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure they finished. They must have they got their picture in the paper. So, um, and uh, so yeah, I just thought it was really nice. He you know, decided to support his father in a race and go through the whole experience with his race, and uh, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Would, would you like to do an Ironman with your dad? My dad's not really an athlete, but yeah, I, I reckon I would do, because... Um, I think it would be a pretty amazing experience to share with your partner, you know, like, it's like when you, you know, how often you go away on holiday with your parents, well, like, for my 30th birthday party, my dad and I are going to go away, um, my parents are sending me overseas on holiday with my father, and I think those experiences are really cool bonding times, and I think yeah. to do an Ironman with your dad would be a pretty amazing experience. It was interesting, I, I listened to yesterday an interview with Kenny Souza, who recently did the uh, did the ride across America, I'm not sure if it was this year or last year when the interview was from, yep. um, but he had his son as uh, as a support crew during the ride across America, and yep. he just said it was fantastic, and uh, because he, Kenny Souza was a great athlete, and say he was probably the, the best duathlete in the world, and won pretty much everything there was to win, and that was when duathlon was actually quite popular. Yep. Um, and, but his son wasn't obviously around then, so he kind of said that he wanted to do this right across America, and then it sort of gave his son a chance to see what his dad used to be like. Um, he said it was it was a pretty fantastic experience. So um, I've, I've taken Thomas out for a few swims and a few runs already, <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll be there in Kona in uh, maybe uh, okay, 2025. <laughs> <laughs> we won't be able to walk by then, mate. Bloody hell! He can he, he can do the uh, the Rick and Dick Hoyt thing. He, I can sit sit on the back of the bike, and he can uh, he can tow me around. <laughs> sensational, mate. Sensational. <laughs> anyway, so now I think it's Stuart and Ian. Still, you guys are our age group of like. Send us through your details on how you went, and uh, we'll put those up on the website. So anyway, one, two, three, four, half five. Uh, okay, so last week I had um, had an appointment with Rob Ritchie, who's a, an athlete down here in Christchurch. Do I know Rob? Had a few. Uh, you would have met him once or twice. I think he, he came up to us at the stand-up at Ironman. Okay, um, yep. He's had a few health issues um, over the last year, but he's very, very keen, and he's an avid listener of the show, and uh, and he's going to be going back up there and kicking the hell out of Ironman next year. Um, but he, he's um, you know, he's got a busy job, and, and uh, he's trying to think of ways where he can squeeze more training into his day. And so he really took the initiative, and he got a lot of his work colleagues involved and his bosses involved in work um, uh, into training so he can actually now go out during say um, during the day with one of his bosses and go for a run with him and, and basically sort of treat it as like a team a team building exercise um, and he sees a lot of the staff here are really getting into it and, uh, and he's found it great it, it means he can train more that a lot of the people at work are more motivated and uh, and it's been going really well so I thought it'd be a really good topic for a um, a high five okay then you go first I'll go second so the first thing that, that Robert said is, is, as I've said, he's basically now going out training with his boss. He says once a week, I think it's either on a Wednesday or Thursday, he goes out for about a 45-minute run um, up in the hills in Christchurch with his boss, and he's going to keep building it up. His boss loves it. He doesn't have to take any time off work um, for Rob to fit in an extra session. So, you know, that's tip number one. Get your bosses, try to get them involved in your training, or also some of your, your work colleagues and see if you can get some free time off work to, to train. Yeah, that's the thing. If you can scheme with the boss, you're sweet. Um, write up yeah. a blog or, or an update in your company newsletter, most companies nowadays have like a weekly newsletter or 
you know, my friend had one called the, uh, what's it called? I can't remember, the Conwag Rag. And um, you basically try to write something and keep it kind of short and brief, but just show them what you're doing. And kind of like what I was talking about when we were doing our how to get some sponsorship, you know, show them what you do with training. People are ultimately really, really impressed with what we do. And I think if you can just show a little bit of that, this again gets more people involved. Mm-hmm. Number three is uh, get your colleagues um, entered into, into races or corporate things. Oh, you know, nice. it doesn't necessarily have to be a triathlon. In Christchurch, we have like um, like some a five k run around the park, or just just something short. It can be a, it can be a power walk, um, or it can be a run. That's probably the easiest thing to get involved in. There's definitely you know corporate triathlons and duathlons where maybe they can be part of a team. So if they couldn't run or they didn't have a bike, they might be okay at swimming. So getting them involved and actually making them commit, so actually getting them to enter into race. I think one thing that they do in Christchurch, I'm not sure if this is the same around the world, but often the race organisers really promote the corporate um, team challenge as well. So, you know, maybe we can involve the race organiser and kind of see what they're doing on that front. Number four, yeah. write up a beginner's training program and maybe even put it in the newsletter or give it out to email it to the people who are interested. Uh, if you're unsure of how to do that, a good way is just to go on to some of the websites that do that, like the magazines, um, Beginner Triathlete have a lot of, uh, .com have a lot of kind of beginner triathlon programs and... Uh, because you are a bit of a role model, aren't you, in, in these positions? Yeah, and you know it doesn't. Yeah, you know, it needs to be very, very basic. Um, it doesn't need to be complicated. And like we even said, you just grab something out of a magazine or a website, and maybe just chat, just even if you just print it off. You know, you don't have to put it, make it like you've written it or something. Um, just put up a training program on a wall or something like that, or circulate in the newsletter and uh, and get people involved. Well, like my first t- um, marathon, it was a Hallman's, you know, a program that he writes in the paper, and it worked. You know. Yeah, exactly. Um, another thing you could do if you were able to work is maybe set up a bit of a, a, a progress chart on the wall. You know whether it's going to be um, whether it's going to be you, you, how much training time you've done or how close it is to the race or, or some sort of motivational thing. So people can get a bit of a buzz and get a bit of recognition from uh, going out there and doing their training. And you can also get people sort of a bit of inter-company rivalry happening. Um, obviously, everybody should be registering athlinks.com to get their rivals going, but also you can get a bit of uh, a bit of rivalry going within within the business as well, which is always pretty healthy. I think that's really cool that one because it also keeps the interest up, doesn't it? From you know, if you've got a visual thing that everyone sees. Lastly, because okay. he's doing the traditional six, you know, we've got a tradition here, haven't we, mate? It's all about traditions. <laughs> um, wearing the yeah. company logo and a ra- on your race kit. Um, and often, if you've got your company so involved, they're willing to pay for some t-shirts or whatever. Um, so get your logo out there, get them to get you some free gear. And make sure it's like Nike drive it. <laughs> yeah, and make sure you get some uh, photos and stuff, and then they can use that. You know, the company can use it as, as a PR source. You know, they can put it onto their website, and and it's you know when if they are trying to attract new employees or something like that, it, it gives them a good image that they are genuinely interested in, in what their employees are up to, um, and it might help them to get some staff. And so, yeah, some good tips there from Rob, and definitely appreciate that. Uh, nice guy, and he's uh, building up for, for Ironman New Zealand this year, and it's great to see that he's taken the initiative and, and figured out a way where he can squeeze more training into his day. It's, it's actually cool, because we've got quite a few um, high fives and age group of the week spec'd up, haven't we? So you guys are yeah. doing our job. We love it. Anyway, um, that's a high five. We're going to do website of the week. Ready, John? Yep. Web- website of the week. I towered off a bit there. Commitment, commitment to the cause. So, um, who sent this in? I don't think I wrote down who sent it in. So, apologies for the person who sent this in. Um, you probably know who you are, but I can't find the email that uh, sent it in. But anyway, it, basically, it is about uh, an article written uh, about Chris Costman, who recently um, 
set a 24-hour record um, for cycling. So riding continuously for 24 hours around a velodrome. He did it June 15th, 15th and 16th, 2007. What's probably more impressive is, uh, I don't know how many people have a go at this, this record, but he's 53, I think. Wow. Spring chicken. And what was the record that he did? He, uh, let me just read this. He circled an indoor velodrome at the 80, ADC Event Center in Carson, California for 24 hours, covering 536.86 miles um, within one day. It's nearly 1,400 Ks. So 535 times 1.6, 856 kilometers. Um, I know you did have a few little probably breaks during that, but if we just divide that by 24, oh, the average 35.66 kilometers an hour for 24 hours. For 24 hours. For 24 hours. So wow. I think, you know, it's incredible to start with, but I'm sure the guy is about 53. I can't see it in this article anywhere, but I know he's not a spring chicken, but he's ridden across America several times. I think he's, uh, he's won the Cross America in 1987 um, when he was only, uh, was only 19 or something like that or something ridiculous. Um, he's yeah, ridden across America. Wow. He's ridden across America, I think, multiple sort of times. Um, the thing is, he's, he's not a spring chicken and he's setting his records. So, so get onto this website, it's adventurecorps.com. We'll put a link up on the website, on our website, and you can go through and read this. You can see his pictures. Um, he modifies his gearing a little bit as he goes through the race. He, I think he modifies his position a little bit. But I oh, mean, God, that must be hard work. Yeah, and his cadence, you know, that was one of his, his main sort of uh, pacing mechanism is to keep his cadence up, and that changes a little bit. So his cadence is actually um, a little bit lower than I expected, and that's sort of outlined in the article. Um, but fantastic story, uh, and he's also got a good cause. You know, he's actually set up, I think, a foundation to, to get kids active, and I think it's called something like Ride Your Bike to School or, or something like that. Uh, and so he's doing some good things on the bike and off the bike as well. Wow, that's, that's, that's pretty awesome, eh? 36. Yeah. Okay, so I wrote only average like 36, you know, like a little bit over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, it's, it's, yeah, when so. you're on a track, it's a little bit quicker, but, but hey, I mean, to go for 24 hours at that speed, you know, you're going a good clip the whole way around. Yeah. So, uh, so it's 53, oh, oh, so there's, right. a, there's a challenge for Scott Molina to go and uh, try and do that. <laughs> Come on, Scotty, we know you listen. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess so that's our website of the week. Um, nice. So next up, we're, just gonna do, we're not going to do Coach's Corner this week because uh, I'm still in LA and it's a little bit harder to coordinate each other things. But when I was in, I was leaving Germany, I've had the most terrible flying experience, mate. So I'm leaving Ro, I get out of Ro, I go to Nuremberg, my flight gets delayed by about an hour and a half and I miss my flight to America, so I had to stay in Germany another night. Then I've got to America eventually, they've lost my luggage, like I still haven't got my bike back. <laughs> <laughs> have, you kind of got, have you got insurance? Yeah, but it's, it's meant to be coming tonight. Hammer the insurance. I know, but well, it's, hammer it. it's turning up now, so I can't do that. But, um, but um, yeah, I had, I had no clothes, nothing, and so it was a bit of a disaster. But anyway, I'm in the little airport in um, Nuremberg, I think it was, and I had some time to kill, and I saw a Nikolanos, Janos, I think they, he calls himself, and um, I kind of seen him a few times at the race. I hadn't really talked to him, but I kind of smiled to him, and he smiled back, so... I kind of thought, bugger it, I'm going to try and get an interview out. So I went up to him, this random guy, and I said, oh, I do this thing called a podcast, you know, imantalk.com. Would you be keen to do an interview? And uh, he was great. He jumped on board and um, quite a soft-spoken guy. And <laughs> so it was quite funny. I said, you need to talk louder and I need to talk quieter. So um, 
<laughs> which you probably figured out. And uh, so we jumped on, did about 15 minutes, had some uh, good insight from an athlete who's from overseas, and that was really interesting as well. So I'm going to chuck that interview up now, and uh, here we go. So I'm walking through the airport, just randomly looking at everybody, and I saw somebody who did a pretty awesome race last weekend, and I got a Nico Janos next to me. He was just sitting down, I went up to him, I said, oh, you made, you know, I'm a random guy, but I do this thing called a podcast, and could you do an interview? And he was really cool. So, Nico, you've been doing triathlon. How long have you been doing triathlon for? Um, I started doing triathlon in 93, so like 14, 15 years. Wow, and throughout that time you started as a short course guy? Yes, yes. Uh, I've been doing Ironman the last three years, and, yeah. and before that uh, I, I did uh, Olympic distance races. So ITU? Sometimes some, some longer distance races, but uh, more especially Olympic distance, yeah, ITU World Cups. And, yeah. and you went to the Olympics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I was it like? To, uh, it was great, yeah. <laughs> a great experience, yeah. yeah. It was I was in I raced in Sydney, and then four years later I, I went to Athens too. Oh wow! So yeah, it was it was amazing. Yeah. So what's the difference between um, an Olympic experience to um, you know like a Hawaii or mm. maybe a World Champs? Well, it's it's, it's a different world. It's, it's, um, the Olympics is more. Um, then the Olympics the, the near the Olympics the the people is normal people start to talk about the Olympics a lot yeah. and and even a small sport like triathlon because yeah. in Spain is, triathlon is quite small uh, people ask you about the about the Olympics or the media is is very interested uh, yeah interested yeah. and and right now also it's the same for for Hawaii because people start knowing triathlon and what is what is Hawaii and what means the Hawaiian Ironman but um, yeah, Olympics is, is uh, just a, a yeah. yeah a major event and and yeah the the, the media interest and the the interest from the people around is is is, is, is huge. You 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 had a pretty great Hawaii last year. You came in at fifth, um, which mm. is pretty amazing. Um, what has it done for your profile? As in people knowing you, has it made you more known and back home? Yeah, yeah. Um, it helped me to get uh, with the sponsors and really? and and yeah, it's like uh, people now is more interested in in Ironman. Yep. Because uh, a lot of people is is going now from the short distances to long distances. Yep. And to to have one athlete near near you that is racing in in Hawaii and doing in, well in, and doing well is. It's, uh, it's important to the people because it's uh, like a reference and yep. people can, to can to. To and yeah, get some inspiration from that. So, so, so is the sport, how is triathlon in Spain? Is it a big sport? Um, it's getting bigger. Still it's not a, a big, big sport. Like in Spain, you know, everything is, is soccer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> soccer is first yeah. and, and then if there is a space for, is this room for other sports, yeah, they, they, they talk about other <laughs> sports. But, uh, it's, it's soccer, and then, yeah, and right now it's, it's it's getting very popular because uh, there are very good guys in in doing Olympic distance. Yeah, so, so you, yeah. It's like Gomez, uh, and, Gomez and yeah. Rania, and they are winning. They are winning yeah. races, and and now we have also with athletes in, in long distance. Uh, for example, last Sunday, a guy from Spain, Marcel Zamora, won in in, in Nice, the yep. Ironman France. Yep. And I'm, I'm getting good results yeah. also in Ironman, so yeah. 
this is helping a lot to to to, yeah, to increase the profile yeah, to increase the, the popularity of, yeah. of the triathlon and then the Ironman. So and you also won Lanzarote this year. So what was that race like? Was it because that's your first Ironman win? Yes. Yes. So what was that? What was that like? Uh, really was amazing because for us Lanzarote is like our, our home home yep. race in the the Ironman yep. <coughs> in Spain. Um, all the people there. The winners in Lanzarote always were from 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 other countries, and all the people want to someone from yeah. from Spain to to win the race. Yeah. So the people was supporting me a lot and and, and cheering, and it was so, just great, great. Yeah. So for you, you've you you've mentioning before you've won the World Long Course Champs, you've won Xtura yeah. a couple times. Yeah. Um, you've obviously been a pretty successful ITU career, you know. Mm -hmm. Was winning an Ironman as good, or was it better um, for you as, as you look back over your career? Uh, it's racing. It's, it's been amazing in, in, in that moment. Yeah. I, I can't say this is better than yeah. the races I have won before. Yeah. For me, of course, this was was great. It was yeah. my first Ironman win. Yeah. Was in Lanzarote. Yeah. It was really special. Yeah. But its win has it's. A special feeling. So yeah. right now it's yeah. ma maybe it's more important for me Lanzarote because it's, Close. it's closer. Yeah. But yeah. when I won, for example, when I won the ITU Long Distance World Championship, yeah. was amazing for me. Really? Because I couldn't imagine even even yeah. was my first long distance race and, and win, winning that was amazing. Yeah. So I don't know. It's race is is it, is, yeah. is, is great and it's special. And uh, how do you find the exterior then? So you're obviously pretty successful on exterior. How do you find the transition from that kind of race? Um, well, I, I I always like to to ride my, my mountain bike. Yep. So even when I'm training for an Ironman, I, I like to to do sometimes to take my mountain okay. bike for and uh, yeah and have some fun. So. Yep. Um, I don't know. It's not a transition. It's just a yeah. different kind of racing. But uh, I know that I, ca I can do it, and I can hunt the well with my mountain bike. So yeah. it's not a transition. It's just um, what you do. I, I yeah. know how to do to race an extra run, and yeah. I'm now learning to, to race an Ironman. And it's, how it's, old are you um, now? Thirty years. Thirty years. Yeah. So you're still quite young in the sport, aren't you? And in, in Ironman sort of things, aren't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I so, so the eventual goal is obviously to try win Hawaii. Yeah, that's <laughs> that. That's my goal. Um, so last year, you're fifth in Hawaii. Um, mm. You know, it's a bit of a breakthrough race. You're kind of a newer name to the sport. Were you surprised by your day, or did you think that was what you were mm. capable of? Or yeah, I was a little bit surprised because yeah. it was my first time in Hawaii. Yeah. And you know, everybody says oh, you will have to get some experience in Hawaii yeah. because of the weather and, yeah. and, the, and the gods. And the, yeah, <laughs> the gods and on on the races is. You have you have to have experience, and uh, before the race, I was thinking, oh, maybe I can get a top ten position. Yeah. That would be great for me. I was feeling very well and strong doing yeah. my training and my preparation. But when I saw myself riding with the leads in the uh, with the guys in the leading group, I, yeah. uh, I was oh, oh I, I'm pretty strong. I'm yeah. doing very well, and <laughs> then I start running and get focused in my own race and on my own pace and. When I saw I was going to finish fifth, I was so uh, okay. This, wow. is, this is great. Yeah, <laughs> what a buzz. I couldn't. I, 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 before this, uh, as, I, as I told you, it's like okay, maybe top ten is okay, but yeah. top five is, is yeah, great. it's fantastic, isn't it? So, where are your strengths as an athlete? Uh, 
Uh, strength. Um, I think I have a very good level in swimming, biking, yep. and riding. But um, for me, I think that my maybe my mental attitude is very good. Very tough. I think I I can focus very well and. Yeah. And I think that's very important for uh, for Ironman. Mm, so mm. maybe that's my my strength. Yeah. And do you do you perceive a weakness? Mm. Tough question. <laughs> well, not. I I think I I still have things, things to improve. improve. Yeah. Not really a weakness. Just because little I, things I, in as I told you, I, I have a quite good level in yep. swimming, biking, and running. Yeah. I think I still can improve my my biking a little bit and, yep. and my running. Um, maybe my weakness, my, my weakness is that I need some more experience because yeah. it's only my my third year Iron yeah. doing Ironman. This was, I think, my fifth Ironman finish. Yeah. So yeah. maybe with few with yeah, yeah, few more races, I uh, will be a little cool. bit better. Why did you make the transition from ITU to Ironman? Um, well, um, I've been in two Olympic games. Yeah. For me, that's was yep. one of the, my greatest achievements yeah. and I was a little bit tired of racing all the same kind of, of, yep. of races because you know the, with the World Cups always the drafting races yep. many m- many of them flat bike courses yep. and when I started doing triathlon um, my motivation were the, the the guys I saw doing Ironman, uh, yeah. I got, I had some some videos from, some videotapes from Hawaii yeah. and Roth, and that's what yeah. I like it. Yeah. So I, when I was doing Olympic distance races, I, I always had in mind that one day I have to try and do an Ironman. Yeah. Mm. So, um, what's your training philosophy? What kind of training do you do? Do you do lots of long weeks, or is it more short and intense, or? Mm, no, I, I I don't. I think I don't do anything special, yep. different. And yep. I just when I have to try, I, I have a very good coach. And um, who do you use for a coach? Who's who, your coach? Who is Inigo Inigo Mujica? No, a guy yeah. from from where I live. Yeah, he's very good. And I I. I'm I, I'm very happy with with him because he he knows very well what I have to do and yeah. I'm so confident with the thing he he he, t- he tell me and just uh, try to follow the the planification he yeah. he he does and I think we we don't do anything special not not when we have to do long training we do it and but not. When I, well, I think there's people training longer than us, but yeah. I don't know. I don't think that for for anyone it's, it's important to train long, of course, but maybe not as long as many people think. Yeah. Um, I had a question there, and so you out last weekend. You came in second. Um, yeah. You know, Mecca had a bloody amazing day. So, mm. how did you feel about that race? Well, I did. Lanzarote two weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I was so, feeling. What were you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, during my trainings, I, I was feeling very well. Yeah. I, I thought maybe I was well recovered from. Yeah. Lanzarote. But uh, the bike, I, I, I had no no power on, on the legs. Yeah. And I have a, I had a very good swim. I was with 
it pitch Jacobs oh, really? wow. after after the swim, mm-hmm. and then I took the, my bike and the rear tire was was flat. Oh. <laughs> so I lo- I lost like four or five minutes yep. ch- changing the tubular. Yeah. And when I start riding again, I was behind Thomas and yep. Thomas Herrera and McCormack. Yeah. So I I push push hard in the beginning of the bike to catch up to catch up yep. and. And maybe that that effort I did in the beginning, then I I paid for that because uh, in the second lap uh, they, they were riding very hard and and, and I said well I can't I can't follow these guys I'm going yeah. to 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 so, get to yeah. go to my my own pace and yeah. and then I lost like eight minutes and when I started running they told me I was eight minutes behind. Yeah. So from then I tried to to catch uh, Thomas because yeah. I, I thought well maybe if I do a good run I can get second position yeah. and and that's what what I did. Uh, yeah. I, I had a very good run. Yeah. yeah, you look pretty strong on the run. Hmm. Hey, um, what do you think about road road as a race hmm. um, in comparison to other races? <laughs> it's, it's amazing race. Uh, it <laughs> it's right. fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah, the atmosphere is yeah. here is, is really special. It's, yeah. Not only the 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 day of the race and the days before you 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 feel that people here yeah. once 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 triathlon yeah, <laughs> wants yeah, to see you yeah. and everybody is very nice and and then the race day is, is amazing yeah uh, it's you, pretty special you go up the solar bear yeah, and that's, mate, yeah. Uh, that there is no other place like that in in, in the world of triathlon, triathlon yeah. and and then yeah it's all the people is cheering yeah all the time and yeah, yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's really good it's pretty cool isn't it so um, where to from here for you now what, what's happening over the next now, few months in the next two weeks I, I have to take some rest are you feeling really exhausted doing two Ironman so close to each other N- not, not really not, not really, really. Uh, no. I'm, I'm feeling quite quite well, well. Yeah. Obvious, obviously my, my body is not, yeah. it's not okay because I have to be tired but um, mm. my feeling is good yeah, well, that's good. But uh, I need I need to take some rest now. Yeah. So what kind of rest period will you have? More or less two weeks. Yep. Two weeks, and then I will start training for for Hawaii. Hawaii yeah. Wow. Mm. Wow. And so then bring on Hawaii, eh? Yeah. And um, anything else, Ed? So you got some sponsors. I'm looking at your top. You want to name yeah. the sponsors? Let's do it. Mm. Go on, give them some love. This is. Uh, so with is is my club, my team in. Oh, okay. Oh, so you actually race for a team, do you? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, it's my. And do you race when you race team-wise? Do you race um, an Ironman or short course? Uh, no, or everywhere. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's a sponsored team. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Mm. And is it good having the support of the team? Yeah, it's it's good. Yeah. Because yeah. mm, I mean, it can be quite lonely, can't it? So I suppose you've got a team mm. around you. Okay, let's go. You got Heath. Heath, Surfits, Catfits, Spook. What are they? It's uh, Clotus and oh. Helmet. Oh, yep, yep. Uh, BH is my bike. Oh, nice. Mm. I need a bike sponsor to hook me up. <laughs> New, New Balance and, and Oakley. Oh, wow. Mm. Oh, yeah, is, did, has it been nicer this year since you've got the more money coming in from your Hawaii result? Mm. Has it made it easier for you as an athlete? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, when you get a good result in Hawaii, it's easier to to go to a sponsor and, yeah. and because you know Hawaii and Ironman is the biggest race and yeah. that helps a lot. Do you use a manager for to get sponsors or do you do it yourself? Mm, sometimes I do one myself and sometimes I have people who, who yeah. can help me with with that kind of, yeah, of, of yeah. things. Yeah. Well, thanks very much for your time. And there's some random guy at the airport comes up okay. and talks to you. Um, good luck for the rest of the year. You're obviously achieving some pretty big things mm-hmm. in a short period of time. And uh, you know, this year you're probably one of the 
you know, most successful guys out there. So hopefully you can take that onto Hawaii, and mm-hmm. we'll be looking out for you. And uh, okay, good luck and have a good rest, and then get back into it, mate. Okay. Do you want to say anything, anything in Spanish? In Spanish, uh, bueno. <laughs> I put him on the spot. No sé si habrá alguien escuchando en, en alguien que hable castellano, pero bueno, un saludo a todos a todos los trialetas que estén aquí en en ironmantalks.com. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, man. We'll catch up later. Well, so thanks, Nico, for that. Um, it was pretty sensational. So anyway, uh, I am in talks proudly brought to you by. We're going to start this week with Athlinks.com. Athlinks. What do we focus on, John? Well, it's, firstly, it's good to see that more and more people are joining up. I think last time we did the show, though, we were just a tick under uh, seven, uh, under 16,000 listeners. It's now up over 17,000 listeners. So hopefully a large proportion of those uh, new list, new subscribers to Athlinks are um, Ironman Talk listeners. Well, they said that they've had some of the biggest traffic they've had since uh, since we've been on board. So good to see you guys supported yeah, and it is a cool site. You know, we wouldn't um, wouldn't be hooking up with anybody we, we didn't sort of like the look of. And... Uh, we like the look of it, and what we're going to talk about today is one of the features I've got on the site um, called Rivals, and how it works is if you race against somebody um, three times or more, then it automatically gets set up as a rival, and you can compare yourself against um, that person you know, over a number of different races, over different disciplines, etc. So um, we've, both Bevan and I have been getting hammered a little bit by everybody uh, wanting us to be their friends, which is, which is lovely, and so I'm just going to pick Thank one of my special. friends and and uh, talk about their rivals. So I'm going to pick uh, Brad Hendron, and he's from Tempe, Arizona. He's 34. And uh, if I just click on his rivals button, he looks like he's riding a nice aero position, probably at Ironman Arizona. And my internet connection's going nice and slowly, but it's just chugging up now. And so for the North American listeners like Brad, um, you're probably probably going to have quite a few um, rivals if you have... uh, if you have been racing quite a bit. So, you know, he can be compare himself against pro woman if he'd like to, and he's got two rivals there, Jess Patterson and Amanda Fielder, and then he's got to compare himself against pro men, and then all male rivals and uh, all female rivals, and he's got a hell of a lot here, so he must be doing quite a few races. Um, and you can go through there and you can delete people off if you want, and you can just have, you know, maybe 10 rivals that you actually really want to focus on, or you can just leave them in there. And uh, you just click on a compare button, and so I'm going to compare him against Scott Perini, who's also a member of Athlinks, and they both raced each other at the London's Half Marathon, and uh, Brad took a, uh, got beaten there by six minutes and eight seconds, and he's also racing at the Soma Half Ironman. It was a bit closer there. He's only one minute, 50 seconds behind, and then uh, he's raced him a lot of times, actually. Well, probably a good 10 times there. So you can compare it race by race, and you can change the features around a bit. So it's a pretty funky little feature. And uh, for, for the guys over in Europe and stuff, you might not have any rivals um, at this stage, but if you encourage more and more people to join up, then the whole feature is going to expand a lot more over Europe. But for you, if you're American racers, um, you'll definitely have plenty of rivals up there. Well, and Kate Matthews, one of our listeners, um, she, she came in Athlinks and joined up, and she's got like 3,500 because she's done New York Marathon a couple of times. And, uh, was, oh, right. Yeah, it's good. If you do this, some of those bigger races, it's a good way of actually doing it. One thing I was laughing at, so I've got one rival, so I, I, a rival turned up, I thought, oh, I should have got a rival, and I thought, hopefully I can dominate them. So I opened it up, and guess who it was? Oh, oh dear. <laughs> and he dominates me and everything, the bastard. <laughs> the only thing I can take from it is that I'm getting closer to him. 
Nice. So you've got to gauge that improvement. Nice work. Yeah, because I don't think I don't think he can get that much better than where he's at. Can, small improvement for him, whereas I've got a bit more to go. So it's, it's uh, yeah, good. It's, it's right. So so the site is athlinks.com. Just go in there and uh, and join up. Uh, if you just you do a search for your name, and if you can't uh, can't find your name, then you just register. If you do find your name, you can claim your results. And if you don't have any results up there, they've got a feature on there where you can just to submit the races you want to get your results up there for. It may be taking about a week or so to get that up there, and then you can go back and you can claim those results. And uh, you know we're really depending on, um, especially European listeners, to get on there and make this thing really work well for Europe. Uh, most of the Ironman races are already up there, but there's plenty of other races around the world. Yeah. So at the moment, there's over 17,000 uh, members joined up. Uh, there's 17 million athlete results in there so it's a fantastic site and uh, we thank them for their support and the way you can support us and them is by getting on there and joining up nice and next sponsor is good old coffees of hawaii i tried to jack up an interview i'm um, not an interview just to go catch up with albert and then i went on uh map quest and he's like 500 miles away so i was like ah uh, nice you know california is a big state oh man it's huge isn't it yeah yeah so, anyway. so we've talked about uh, coffees of white before, and the, the main thing we want everybody to do is go in there and make sure you do join up to the coffee club and uh, and get your coffee card. Um, it's a really good business. You know, we like the the style of this business. It's very much eco friendly, which we're very keen on, and uh, and it's also a fantastic product and and something a little bit different. To, you know, we've talked about it being a gift and things like that in the past. One of the cool blends that I've got is a Kona blend. Um, obviously, that's a cool blend for us because we're triathletes, and Kona is the place where we go for the Ironman. So it's. Uh, the Kona District of Hawaii has got the Big Island. It's blessed with almost daily afternoon showers. This, plus a tradition of independent family farms, has made Kona famous for its coffee. Um, they dark roast premium Kona be- um, beans to create the best of the best. The best of the best. There's nothing best. The best. Exactly. There's nothing better, is there? Recurring deliveries. This is really cool. One thing they have on their website is that if you are, you know, obviously someone who drinks a lot of coffee, and I'm just kind of figuring this out as we go, but um, you can place an order, and once it's kind of done, then you can get it to deliver over and over again. No more scraping the bottom of an empty coffee bag and running to the supermarket for inferior beans. Mm. So obviously Maybe get them. Yeah, that's really cool, isn't it? Maybe get a monthly delivery or something like that. So, nice work. And that is cool because you can figure out kind of after a month or so if you can figure out how much you kind of have, and then you can work out okay, well I need to order this maybe in three weeks. Then when it runs out, it just turns up. And uh, there's nothing worse than when you have a product you really like and then you have to wait. You know, you run out and you have to wait a period of time to get it. So, so yeah, that'd be really great for coffees of Hawaii to do that. And once again, they're showing innovation in the way they do business. So well done, coffees of Hawaii. Okay, so you're on your way home tomorrow? Yep, I'm on my way home tomorrow. Um, yeah, I fly out tomorrow morning. I fly out tomorrow afternoon, actually, at around 3 o'clock. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting home, to be honest. It's been a pretty big time, so, yeah. Watch out for that LA, LA airport. <laughs> Terrible place. John and I, we've got to tell you this is what happened. We recorded the, early, the end of the show earlier. Uh, today, and uh, for some reason the last 10 minutes didn't record, so we've just done the last 10 minutes again. It's a bit contrived, really, isn't it? But, <laughs> <laughs> but there are a few things I did need to say. Um, just want to say that I met a few people over and wrote, and there's lots and lots of names I met, so I'm just going to... These people I spent a lot of time with, so I'm actually just going to mention them. Veronica, Dave, and um, Tom. Veronica and Dave, they did the team, and... Uh, I mean, Veronica and Tom did the team, and... Uh, Dave had a legendary day, he did like an 841 or an 840, no, 852, um, and he's got a website, he's a coach, and uh, he's doing pretty well for himself, but um, 
They've got a mate in, over there, and they're in they're in Virginia, I think, somewhere in Virginia, in America, and they've got a mate, and the mate listens to the show, and he loves the show, and their mate's name is called Kevin Kunkel, and they said, mention Kevin, because he loves the show, and he thinks it's fantastic, so Kevin, you're a legend. So, nice. Yeah. So, and, uh, and, uh, and did you mention the females over there? <laughs> 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 we're, we're re-recording this, so I've still got to bring it up. <laughs> So I did mention earlier in our first recording that so Glenn, Glenn's uh when I mean talk listener, he often posts on the thing. We went to Nuremberg one day. We actually if you ever go to Nuremberg, go to the War Museum. They have this um it's called Documente and uh it's it's amazing. And we went and checked that out one day and on the way back, uh we stopped off and we had one of those promotional girls who does promotional work and uh we had a bit of a chat and then she came up and gave me a phone number and so um yeah, I gave her a call and we hung out and, and wrote and it was it was a very nice time I must say, John. Gosh. Hey, one other thing I've just pulled up on my website here we didn't mention about Ironman Switzerland was uh, Laurent Jalabert, who's a former pro cyclist who was uh, you know, outstanding athlete. He uh, finished, I think, on the podium of the Tour de France. He won the green jersey at least once. He did a uh, nine, 9 hours 12 minutes at Ironman Switzerland, finishing wow. t- 22nd overall. That's pretty good. So I just, uh, just reminded myself of that, and that was a pretty impressive performance. Nice. Um, jerseys. Yeah. Jerseys. You want to mention jerseys? Jerseys. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't get me started, but they should be here. It's supposed to be here on Wednesday, New Zealand time. So by the time this show's out, they'll be here Wednesday. All the envelopes, my beautiful wife has uh, addressed them all up. Oh, really? So as soon as the jerseys are here, basically they're going straight in the envelopes and I'll be straight to the post office. So, so assuming they should... Uh, with the company. Yeah. They've been they should be here on Wednesday, and uh, if they are, then I'll put them straight in the post, and they'll probably likely take around about seven days to, um, to get to most people. So apologies about the delay. Um, it was a bit out of our control. We got a bit frustrated with the manufacturers, to put it mildly, um, but I've managed to find a new manufacturer in Christchurch. met with him the other day, so when we do anything else, it's going to be uh, hopefully a little bit smoother. So apologies about that, but... Uh, Kevin and I have both got um, both sort of got a sample sent down to us, and we're pretty happy with them. They're pretty cool, and uh, yeah. look good. Did you wear one in the race or not? No, it was too hot. You, too hot. Yeah, Scott Davies actually gave me one of the team ones, and I wore that in the race. It was way too hot. Oh, nice. Um, cool. What was I going to say? Um, and one thing, we've been getting a few questions about you. I'm going back to what we did before, mate. We did a few questions about, oh. are you going to be racing? What's happening with you and your father? I am hoping to do, get into a bit of bike racing over the rest of winter. I've done one, one bike race before the baby came and just hopefully going to give myself a couple more weeks to try to get back up to speed. I basically had about probably almost two weeks completely off. The week after the baby was born, I had one week completely off and then the next week I maybe did one or two sessions. But now I'm just trying to get into a routine of doing around about um, five workouts a week, probably around about an hour long. I've also set up a little thing with a triathlon club down here in Christchurch. So um, we're going to have a training squad down here. So anybody in Christchurch who's listening, um, get in touch with me if you want to get involved with that. But that's going to be three or four sessions a week coached by either myself or Chris McAteer or John Ellis who we've had on the show I think um, during Epic Camp and uh, so really good for, for local athletes so I'm just going to try to get fit and I'm going to try to get a little bit faster so not too much endurance stuff and hopefully race uh, some sprints and Olympic distance over summer but it's going to be tough for me mentally because I know I'm not going to be in great shape over summer but uh, and going back and getting my ass kicked by people I know I should be beating but um, 
that is going to be the plan, uh, and we'll just sort of see how it pans out. And you know, yeah. ideally, um, maybe next year or the year after, depending on how things go. Definitely love to go over and do rope. That's probably the one race that uh, is sort of on the radar now. And if we can get that tying in with uh, either a camp in Poland or Epic Camp or something like that, then uh, hopefully I'll just go and do that. And and even if I'm not in great shape, it would be just fun just to roll around the course and get so, it completed. Uh, one thing we did mention before: apparently Thomas has got great aim. Yes, Thomas has got a good aim with that little uh, little swizzle and, stick. And he knows who to target at, apparently. Yeah, he's chundered on me, he's peed on me, and he hasn't pooed on me yet, but I'm sure that's coming. Um, but no, everything seems to be going pretty well. He's sleeping a bit more. and uh, But I'm really enjoying my wind training sessions, getting on there. I find that a really efficient use of my time, jumping on there and doing 50 or 60 minutes yep. and get a good little workout done. And uh, apart from that, all is good. I have to say a big thanks to Brett. Obviously, he's saying with a guy called Brett, who's one of Dan, um, Del Campo, uh, Brendan Del Campo, from uh, Epic Camp. Um, I met him in Monica, and uh, I was struggling for a bed, and so I basically emailed Brett, and I said, can I come crash on your bed? And uh, so I'm on his couch in his lounge, and uh, he's been pretty awesome. He's shown me around LA. He's shown me a good time. It's been really awesome. I got to check out the new iPhone, which was pretty exciting for me, being an Apple geek, mm-hmm. and uh, it's very impressive for those of you who are into that kind of stuff. I'm sure uh, when you get it, you'll be loving it. It's life-changing. So, mm. Anything else? Anything else? Did we talk about my website yet? CoachJohnNewsome.com? Oh, yeah, admittedly, I think we were a lot better the first time around, but let's go with yeah. CoachJohnNewsome.com. Coach, Coach is now live. Yep. It's, uh, there's, no, there's nothing uh, too radically different to my old website. It just looks, I think it looks a lot better, um, but a lot of the content's the same. But I do have quite a few articles backed up that I'm going to be slowly up. putting up there. And, uh, and yes, yeah, so you can go check it out, CoachJohnNewsome.com. Obviously, I make sure you spell my name right. And, uh, make sure you have no E. No E, J-O-H-N-N-E-W-S-O-M for Mary.com. It's all good. Like, we've got a link to Iron Man Talk on there, which is really good. Very, yeah, of course, of course. You look a little pretty on there, mate. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, plenty of different pictures. I think the picture on the homepage is of me um, climbing up the cold of Tourmalay. And at that stage, I was doing pretty well. I think I was, uh, Gordo was just behind me. I was pulling him up towards Mike Montgomery. Yeah. And uh, we were probably about 5K later, I blew to smithereens. But it was, uh, it was a pretty cool ride. Hey, um, this week, next week, we've got Scott coming on. Yeah, next next week, uh, as soon as Devin gets back, as soon as Devin gets back, he's uh, getting off the plane. I'm going to pick him up, and we're going around to see Scott, uh, and we're going to do an interview just sort of on, on probably the different sort of training approach people can take from when they're getting ready for Kona because it is a bit of a different race um, and we've had a few people write in questions saying I'm doing Kona you know how should I train differently so um, Bevan and I have obviously got our thoughts but I think you know Scott has been there so many obviously won the race so we're going to have a chat uh, hopefully with Scott on Wednesday and we'll put that on next week's show and uh, he's always a legend and always got something interesting to say so uh, and he's actually straight I think on Thursday he heads over to France and he's going over and uh, doing following the Tour de France a little bit, uh, he's, and he's also probably going to catch up with Ian at Pyrenees Multisport, and uh, yeah, he's going to be over there for a good uh, four to six weeks, I think. So, yeah, your website right now, mate. They're on the contact us, mate. I like the photo with the athlete. It's uh... yeah, that's Mark Pietrafessa, um, who's one of our listeners. He is uh, Mark from Epic Camp. So he's, he's now famous. If anybody does want his contact details, any females out there, I can, uh, can probably hook you up. Hey, I'm single too, mate. Don't forget that. <laughs> okay, fair enough. 
we'll but other than that, we'll leave it I noticed that. I noticed you struggled a little bit last week with the uh, ending. You, even though I wasn't there, you still managed to balls it up. Uh, well, you, yeah, but you struggled with the one we just did before. Oh, that, that was that was practice. Oh, okay. Anyway, get it right this time. Iron rusts. Iron men don't. Train hard. Train smart. Kia, Kia kaha. kaha. Beautiful, mate.